If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hi, everyone. It's Erin, and I want to take a quick minute and tell you about a course that I have coming up this summer. On the podcast, we talk a lot about student-driven learning. But this can be scary, especially when it comes to the lab. When I first started with NGSS, I envisioned total chaos, and that really scared me. It scared me so much that I didn't give my students control of their investigations for a really long time. Then I figured out how to manage student-driven investigations, and while it wasn't perfect at first, the students learned so much. And it actually ended up saving me time because I wasn't spending endless hours prepping for labs. Right now, the waitlist is open for my student-driven investigations course. If you want to get on the waitlist, go to sadlerscience.com investigate to sign up. The waitlist will give you exclusive information, updates, and you'll be the first to have access to the course when it opens. Enrollment will be limited, so sign up for the waitlist today at sadlerscience.com investigate. Hey guys, this is Nicole Van Tassel with iExplore Science, and I'm here with Erin Sadler from Sadler Science. And we are talking about curriculum. And so why one size doesn't fit all when it comes to your Boxster, Cander, whatever curriculum. Um, so I can't remember who originally started talking about this, but one of us had, like this idea and then the other was like, oh my gosh, yes. So what were we like thinking about with that? I I think that we've talked a lot about, well, I know I have talked about my disappointment with the curricula that's available um, right now for NDSS just in general. And I am in, you know, a bunch of Facebook groups and stuff like that. And I have seen the same level of disappointment with everyone else. And I think that in some spaces, the, the overall overarching feeling is like, why would we even purchase curriculum in the first place? Because it just doesn't feel like it's that great. So I think that's kind of what started this. Okay. Yeah. And I know I've also seen in like Facebook groups and things, people are talking about like, which one should I get compare this and that. And then that's when you see a lot of those comments of like, either you see some people who are like, I love this. And then you see other people who are like exact same thing, totally hated it. My students hated it. Didn't work for us. Um, And I think, I mean, that, I think that alone shows you that it does like, it doesn't fit everybody, right? Some, some curriculum might be great for some 
um, for some students and might really not work for others. So I think one of the problems with the canned curriculum is the phenomena because it doesn't necessarily relate to our specific students. And when we were talking about anchoring phenomena, we kind of talked about how, how it's so important that we make it have some sort of emotional connection to your specific targeted group of students. And these curriculum companies are trying to make this like this thing that works for everyone. And with NGSS, it just doesn't work that way. So one of the things that I suggest doing is looking at those anchoring pieces and figuring out if you can potentially swap out some of those in order to make the curriculum a little bit more relevant to your students. I think that, yeah, that is a really, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's like an easy switch because you usually have to make some tweaks, obviously down the line in your storyline, but it's not, you're still using the curriculum you have as a base. Like, so let's say you do have one of these curriculum that you don't love, um, but you're still using some of those activities and kind of the map even potentially as a base to build from. And you're just making that change to that phenomena phenomenon. So it's like actually relevant. Um, and I think that's why like, so I've, I've had conversations with, you know, some teachers, uh, they were in New York state. And the one teacher mentioned about how she wished like the state would just come up with a curriculum for whole state to use that was like totally aligned to their standards. And, and cause she's like, you know, teachers don't have time to do this. And I totally understand the time thing, but New York state, if you look at, there's so many different types of students there. you have your upstate rural, you know, Adirondack Mountain students. I don't know. I, I like the Adirondack, so that's what came to mind. Um, and then you have your New York City, like, I don't know. I don't, I've never been to New York City. So places in New York City. City students. stuff. Yeah. City stuff, right? You know, so like you're, you're the phenomenon that you choose to, to engage those, those groups is going to be different, you know? Um, and the rest of the storyline, the rest of the standards might be the same. The rest of like some of the activities might be more or less the same, but but if you really want to hook them in and, and make that relevant connection, it might not match. I'm not saying it can't match, but it might not be as easy of a, a match. And so making that switch, that quick like anchor phenomenon switch is kind of a, I'm still going to use this curriculum as my base, but I'm going to change the phenomenon. And I think you've done that and have, you've done that with your curriculum, right, Erin? Yeah. And for right now, what I'm, what I'm really focusing on is just going through their storyline and just seeing how well it works, because I've been surprised with some of the things that I didn't think would be very engaging for my students. And it's been really good. Like it's been, yeah, like um, some of the, the things in our curriculum are related to space and my kids are really in a space right now. And I think part of that is because there's so many cool things going on with like, you know, the new Mars Rover and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. So it feels really relevant. Whereas I don't know if it's going to be great, you know, three or four years from now, or um, it, and then there's like a lot of things that just really miss. So I, you know, I'm in a process of kind of playing with it right now and seeing how it works. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's a good point too. Like what might work even for your students one year might not be the work for students next year. And so that's why, again, you kind of, as a teacher have to, even if you have a curriculum and even if you curriculum writing is not your job. I mean, it kind of to an extent is to be responsive to your students and to do what you can to engage them. And and so making those changes, like 
teaching the students you have in front of you and not the ones you wish you had or you had last year or you're going to have next year or whatever. Um, so making those changes to the anchor, like, is one of those things. Uh, I think also one of the problems that I have with kind of these, like, canned storylines, and I'm saying this as a person who has, like, a couple storylines out there that are these, you know, kind of step-by-step maps. Um, and it's actually one of the reasons I've stopped making those step-by-step maps is I really think that our storylines need to be developed from our students' questions. So we idea of where it's going we have our objectives and what we want to get to but like how we get there does not necessarily need to be mapped out by us fully when we go into it it needs to be like literally co-created with the students you know that back and forth like these are the questions they ask so we're going to go down this tangent here and I I need to make sure that we circle back to you know this content here so that they're getting the full picture but it doesn't have to be one specific pathway um, because at some point they're going to realize, wait, I don't have the full picture. I need to find this information. And then you can take that route, you know, back. Um, and with a canned curriculum, it's not like that. It's like this step, this lesson, this step, this lesson, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I've been doing that's worked really well for me is I map out their storyline with stickies the same way that I do mine. So then it, you know, as I'm going through the lesson sequence, I can kind of like swap the stickies and, you know, put something in and, you know, swap so that it makes it a little bit more relevant without me having to recreate the whole, the whole thing. Because, you know, obviously I can't necessarily create a curriculum by myself that is as in-depth as, you know, a whole team of people who work for years to put together, you know, this storyline but I can make those little tweaks and make it relevant to my students. Yeah, and that's such an easy, cause it's like you have your sticky note with like the, the question, you, they, you had your anchor, they asked questions, you chose your anchor based on the questions they were gonna ask, right? You know, you did that whole process. You have these questions you, and you know, like these are kind of the lesson sequences that, you know, these are the questions my students are gonna have to answer. These are the activities that they are gonna work through to answer those questions. So those are your like lesson sequences. And a lot of times you can just move the whole sequence around, you know, like I'm gonna, okay, now I'm gonna move this one to the beginning because they're really curious about that. And we're gonna come back to this one here. And I think that pushes teachers because they think, well, they have to get these basics before they get those things. But I don't think that's really always true. No. You know, um, I always like to tell the story of the episode of the Big Bang Theory. Have you seen this one where Sheldon is teaching Penny? Uh-huh. And, and Penny is like, I just want to know physics. And Sheldon starts at the beginning and she gets super bored. And then Penny's like, I just want to know what my boyfriend does. And so Sheldon says, well, he is in vegetables. And she's just like, oh, okay, that sounds like really easy. And then she realizes, wait, I don't know what subatomic particles are. Yeah. And so when you're teaching like a chemistry thing, you'd be like, well, no, first we have to tell them what atoms are, or first we have to do matter, then we have to do atoms, then we have to do subatomic particles. And then, you know what I mean? But like, in reality, if you just followed her questions, you would have gone from, well, what is, what is my husband or what does my boyfriend Leonard do? To subatomic particles, to subatomic particles are in atoms you know, they're subatomic. Um, okay, wait, so what are atoms? So like you still could get to get them to all of the content that you want them to get to. It just might not be in the way that you, you anticipated or that the textbook told you. So having that sticky notes where you can just move things around, I think is 
uh, really allows you to just be responsive to the way that your students are thinking about the topic and the phenomenon and the science ideas. Right. And also our students come in with background knowledge about some, you know, like weird things that you would never expect. Like, um, I mean, I guess I should expect this one by now, but somebody at my school is teaching plate tectonics in like third grade or something like that. So, you know, <laughs> when the kids come in, they're like, oh, it's plate tectonics, you know, like this is the answer to the question. So, so the canned curriculum really doesn't work there because they're, they're trying to get them to come up with this idea. So their question is really like, how is this happening? Why is this happening? Yes. That kind of stuff, because they, they have the answer, but they don't have the mechanism at all. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes like total sense. So really you're just able to be much more responsive when you are basically willing to step beyond or step outside of the curriculum, using it as your base, but then going where you need to in response to your students. Yeah, absolutely. Switching up the order and all of that. Um, are there any other ways that you typically like to, um, I don't know, change up your, like, like use or, or adapt or anything like those kind of canned curriculum or any thoughts for teachers? Uh, I think that there's like just kind of going more into depth about swapping. Um, a lot of times the the phenomena that they use for like the um, assessment is more engaging than the, you know, the anchoring phenomena that they use. So there's, you know, simple swaps like that. I think assessments is a weak point in general with mm-hmm. curricula. So um, making sure that you are assessing your students on the science and engineering practices and cross-cutting concepts along the way. Um, I think that a lot of the curricula that's available, um, it is really focused on content, assessing their content knowledge and not necessarily the other pieces. So I, I also think it's really important to just see where your purchase curriculum is lacking and really start filling in the gaps there. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Awesome. So I don't think we have anything else. We are going to put in the show notes, um, our link back to that, our anchor, our episode about anchoring phenomena in case you want to review, um, in case you're, you know, you're looking at your curriculum and you're like, I think we're going to need changes to anchor out. You can kind of review that. Um, and we will link to also, uh, let's do link to that building story, storylines from student questions episode. Yeah, um, well, I'll link to some some information about storylines because I think that that is another piece that you really need to you have a good, you need to have a good foundational knowledge of what storylines are in order to see where those missing pieces are in your curriculum. Yeah, that's actually that's like really true for sure. Um, but yeah, so thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Teaching Science in Three D podcast. Uh, you can always connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, any of those things. We'll put those in the show notes. Um, and we will catch you guys next week. See you soon. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, 
and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.